Welcome to the Mind Your Hero podcast. Thank you so much for tuning into today's episode. It is a really incredible episode. I interviewed Terry Elston from NLP World and we dove deep into perceptions, what perceptions are and how people have different perceptions. It's really, really interesting and I hope you guys enjoy it as much as I did. Within us all, there resides a hero. We just have to learn how to tap in and unleash the power inside. Kylie Ann Bowers is the founder of Mind Your Hero. And this podcast is the mind foot you need to transform your mindset, manifest your desires, and live a life filled with magic. Each episode inspires you to discover your dreams and equips you with the tools and courage you need to transform your life. We're so excited to have you here. Thanks for hitting play. Now, let's begin. Hi, Terry Elston. It is so amazing to have you join us on the Mind Your Hero podcast. Thank you so much for giving up your time, as I know you are an exceptionally busy man. Thank you. I'm actually not quite so busy <laughs> at the moment, but yeah, generally, yes. Well, thank you anyway. Um, so today we, we've got a really exciting topic and we're going to see where it flows and goes. And it's all about perceptions. But before we dive in, just to allow our audience to get to know you a little bit better. I've got three rapid fire questions for you. So I'd like to start by asking you if you could have a superpower, what would it be? Superpower. My Kylie, my superpower would be to be able to speak, understand and converse in every single language that there is on the planet. That is incredible and completely understandable with neurolinguistic programming being your forte. Amazing. And what is a favorite quote that you either live by or just a favorite quote that you admire? There is, there's a quote and there's a very brief poem, which to me is a quote as well. Um, the poem that I love the best is from Rumi and it's something like outside the ideas of right doing and wrong doing, there is a field and I'll meet you there in this place. The world is too full to talk of. And, and my favorite quote, because that's kind of like a poem quote, and my favorite quote is from Gandhi, which is, and you know this one well, which is to be the change that you want to see. I love that. Mm. And lastly, what is something that you would implement into the school curriculum that they don't currently have? Well, and this is going to be no surprise to people who know me. Um, and it would be to bring in the element of self-development, which, is, which was, was actually there at the beginning of school and the thinking of school was in, I mean, the reason for school starting in September, which they do here in the West, is to come, you come from the dark into the light. So you start in the dark. So it was deliberately placed at that time. So you're starting in the winter, if you like, or coming into winter, and you move through into spring and into summer, which is kind of what life's like. You've got to do the gardening first and then come into the spring and the summer and the autumn of life. So having self, self-development not just as like a uh, like a, a class on self-development like oh today today we're going to do self-development which would be a bit strange but have self-development interwoven into every subject matter and and to have a relationship with the subject matter and your own self and your own love self-development that. that would be something that i would love to see coming into the curriculum i love that because you could actually have a relationship with numbers that would teach people how to have a different money mindset and not value themselves as much as what society does generally with themselves attaching themselves to numbers. So I think you could have a whole different mindset and a different approach with 
creating that in every subject, not just having a self-development subject, which is beautiful. Right. Well, I mean, originally, if you go, go back to ancient, ancient times, mathematics, mathematics was an esoteric principle. So you had the, the, the plus sign, which was heaven and earth together. Wow. Which is, which is also the, the Christian sign, heaven, heaven and earth. So they did have the mathematical symbols, did have symbology, which was related to esoteric studies originally. But we just kind of forgot. We lost the, 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 the wisdom and the, and the power behind those things. Sure, I didn't even know that. That is incredible. Definitely going to go look up more on that. Um, so before we carry on, I'm sure people are dying to know what it is that you do. So for those who don't know, Terry Elson is actually the person who trained me to be a neurolinguistics programming practitioner, as well as time-based techniques and hypnosis. And Terry has a very interesting story. So can you just elaborate on who you are, what you do, and a little bit about your journey? Well, I think the journey is always important. I don't place too much importance on story, but I think journey is, is quite relevant. And it was an absolute pleasure to be with you in that environment. I mean, this is what I love. I love being in an environment that's truthful, that has learning involved, transformation, because as you well know, I'm, I'm not interested in anything that isn't really into transformation. And that's what we're doing in the room there. Regardless if I'm training this thing called NLP, what's really happening is we're looking at elements and strategies for change and every single day we did elements and strategies that would allow each of us including me as the leader to change ourselves in some way or, or self-reflect in a way that we can work with the self-reflection but that's generally what's happening in the room i mean i, I came across nlp through the experience of it because i'd seen this person who was doing it and they relieved my flatmate of analogy and analogy and allergy <laughs> it wasn't their name. That wasn't their name either. It was <laughs> so she took away an allergy from a flatmate in about twenty minutes. And I was doing a little bit of coaching at the time. And I was kind of looking at the coaching manual. Where's the, where's the page for removing an allergy in twenty minutes? There's not. There isn't one here. <laughs> so that I kind of just stored that in my mind. And then a while later, I was really um, not motivated, and I hadn't been motivated for about a year. So I went to see that person. I said, I wonder, I wonder what she could do. She's got a little magic wand or something. And then we were sitting in a cafe in Islington in London. And I thought we were having a casual chat. Now I realized she was gracefully using language in a way that created an environment for truth to come out, for expression to come out and to contact with the, with the unconscious mind. So if you're thinking about change techniques or anything to do with transformation and NLP is involved with that, of course, they have to relate to the subconscious mind. If you're not working with the subconscious mind, you're not into transformation or development or change. So if you're not working with those belief systems in and, or in the control panel, as I call it, of life, then we're not really doing anything meaningful, I would say. So we were having this casual chat and, uh, and then I came up with a memory. Memory just like popped out and flew out into my mind. And I said, hey, there's a memory. And it's like, I just remember the last time I was really motivated. I, that was exactly the time I split up with my girlfriend and, and it got stuck in my throat. And she said, oh, I think, well, I think we know what we're working with here. And then it became obvious, obviously, afterwards that my brain had made a synesthesia, like a hard wiring between being motivated and going for it and then having the complete upset and shutdown of the girlfriend, split out with a girlfriend, broke my heart. Those two now be, were linked like 
two wires linked, like motivation and splitting up. So there's no way I could go forward because now forward meant heartbreak. And that's the beauty of NLP is we, you know, we get into that hard wiring. We look at those wires, we find them to begin with, you know, and then we take them apart and then we look at how do we now rewire, rewire the system, which is why we call it programming as well. But it doesn't matter. NLP doesn't matter. As long as you're doing mm -hmm. that work in that environment, in the control panel, you know what you're doing. Then, so I was hooked from that point onwards to answer your question. I was hooked there because this stuff works. It's like, this isn't theory. This isn't just psychology where we think about things and like, oh, that's really interesting. <laughs> no, something happened on, in that control panel and my motivation came back and I fell in love about three months later, probably for the first time properly. So I'm thinking this works, I'm getting trained. And then I went through the process. In those days, the best training was America for trainers training. So I, I flew, I maxed my credit card. I was so in debt when I came back. Um, but that was a journey. And, you know, it took a few years actually to get back that money and get myself back into a you know, financially good place and then build the, the, the business. So that's the beginning of the story, as it were. And it was 24 odd years ago. That's incredible. And it's so nice to get to know you and your journey a little bit better. Um, okay, so we're going to be talking about perceptions. To, mm. to you, what does perceptions even mean? And to a person that might be listening to this for the first time and the, they're coming across this information for the first time, what is a perception? Oh, it's my favorite subject really is perceptions because the, uh, if you look at, if you look at um, the equipment that you have to represent your life and to assimilate life as it were, or to make any sense of it, if you're making any sense of the, the information that's coming into your eyes and ears and, and nose and skin, and you we've got equipment to do that. And that's what we are as human beings. Now, that equipment cannot work with too much data involved so it's finite what we can actually what we can actually hold on to and uh, calculate with is a really small amount of data like seven pieces of information is what we can remember at the end time but there's millions of bits of information coming in to our to our eyes and our ears every single second we're we're perceiving what's out there but we can only perceive what's out there with the equipment that we've got and the equipment we've got isn't able to perceive lots of things which are actually out there like infrared, infrared rays like the like uh, email message which which you're flying through the air right now we're not picking and there's sounds which we can't hear which are imperceivable so with other equipment scientific equipment we can pick up start picking up there's a loads of stuff out there that we didn't know what that was there that we can find it with specialized equipment, which means that the equipment that we've got here, for the most part, cannot see, feel, and hear a lot of what's out there. So we have to, and this isn't NLP terminology, we have to delete, distort, and generalize the, this massive information to make it make sense for us, individually make it sense for us, and then we internally, we develop a representation of what the world is from the limited equipment that we have to decipher what's out there. So really, in terms of our life, our life are purely, purely perceptions of life because we can't actually 
assimilate the whole magnitude of everything that's out there and make sense of it appropriately to what really is out there. I love that. And how I often explain it in my language is that we are all living in our own video games and we have the remote control to how we want that video game to happen. If you understand that though, because a lot of people give their remote to somebody else, to an event, to a circumstance, to an external event, and they give away their power and they're not holding their own remote to seeing how that video game plays out or how that movie, which is the screen of life is playing out for them. So it's, it's really interesting. Um, a really interesting way of looking at the equipment that we have related to like a video game. It's like, well, do you have a PlayStation? Do you have a Wii? Whatever it is, um, what equipment are you using and what is your favorite equipment to use, I suppose? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Then there's a question, there's a question behind that question as well, if you like, because when you look at, then you begin to look at identity, like the I, because we, we, we tend to use that word quite a lot, I which means, and, and really when you look at it, you mean I equals the assumption I've made about myself and the assumptions I've made about the world around me as well, which when you, when you wake up in the morning and you go and you look in the mirror um, and you see something there, that's not actually who you are. That's an assimilation of information that you've taken on board through your history, through your memories and all those kinds of things. And then you're saying, well, that's who I I am really when it comes to perceptions even the I that we are is a perception so with the I because I know you speak a lot about truth and finding that how does one even start to deconstruct who they think they are to find out who that I is well isn't that a beautiful question I mean you know life is really about those beautiful questions rather than the answers because to me my whole life has been about taking away everything that I can't prove is true to leave myself with whatever I've got left. And then I have an idea of what might be true, but even that I can't, I mean, Descartes I think was amazing. And I think Descartes is very much misunderstood in a lot of ways. What Descartes did, he was a, he was a mathematician as well as a philosopher and his, in his mathematics, he would take away everything he, he couldn't prove with his theorems and he would be left with a theorem, which was absolutely true or not true as it were, but he did the same with the thing with his philosophy of life. What, what can I not prove here? And then I should be left with something which seems like the truth, which is where he came up with his very famous quote, I think therefore I am, which I think is really mis- misunderstood, and misrepresented. What he meant was the only thing I can actually prove about my existence in any way whatsoever is that I am a thinking being. That's all I can prove. I can't prove any of the rest of it. Could be an illusion. It could be a holographic kind of projection. And so I think it was a brilliant equation that he came up with. So in NLP, we've, we've kind of done the same thing in a way. We've, I think, unconsciously modeled Descartes because what we do in NLP is denom- what, something that we call denominalize everything that we can possibly do. So when somebody comes to, to me or to you and they say, my relationship isn't working, we would say, what is it about the relationship that you feel is not working? Or how did you come to that conclusion? We'll start to, to take away all these things that we, that we are not clear about. The, the, the jigsaw puzzle that's been thrown at us, but actually hasn't actually been thought about in a logical or a process-driven a process way. 
So I'd look to go, or somebody says that like, oh, my son has dyslexia. And then I would just ask, how do you know what is actually happening? And then when, I, when I, the kid comes to me, I'll go, okay, what is actually happening here? What do you do? What are you doing here? What's the thought in your mind? What pictures do you see? How, how do you know this is a problem? And then we'll get to taking away everything that isn't true about the situation. We will be left with a fact of, here's a fact that's absolutely, absolutely true. And even and that's, that's going to be a perception in some way. Exactly, because what is then truth? Right. <laughs> because if you're constantly breaking things down to its base, um, that could also still be a construct of a belief or a construct of a truth that you're perceiving to be a fact, but it might not be a fact to somebody else. Yeah, no, absolutely. So the only thing that you'll eventually end up with is when it comes to truth, the only thing you're going to end up with really is your truth, your own truth about something. So a client will come to us, one of us, um, and what, I'm, what I love and what I'm in love with, with seeing my clients is when I find the truth of their reality. Which, and the issue has been, they've always thought that's the absolute truth. And they've looked at it and their whole body has been con 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 contorted and corrupted with this is the truth. But when we actually look at the, the, the beautiful cultivated languaging that we can use to uncover and get deeper into the problem, you'll find that when we come to the deepest part of the problem, it'll be like, I just don't believe I can be successful. Or I think, you know, I, I know, I realize now I decided my mother didn't love me. And that will be the ultimate truth. But before that, there will be the world is not a safe place. Mm or people hate me, or something like that. But when we can actually take away and dig down into more, into more into the, let's say, the, um, the cultivated expression of their reality, the proper, the proper truth that they've had inside them forever, and, and, and the, the onion layer that's built around it will come to a beautiful exposed reality of the world, which is, I don't love myself, or, I never thought people liked me or something like that. And I'm in heaven when I can see that. And that's still a perceived reality, of course, but it's their one and it's their, the one that's absolutely truthful and applicable to their reality. So would you then say that for everyone, we are just constructed of the beliefs that we have? We are constructed of either empowering beliefs or limiting beliefs, but we construct our realities out of the belief systems that we have. And if we take down what a belief system is, that leaves you with the identity. And if you keep searching for that truth, well, then who are you? So you're starting to see how the whole value system plays out then. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, that's really well put. I mean, if you look at it like a garden, we, we, I mean, the Garden of Eden is an interesting construct. Um, it is the Garden of Creation, if you like. So the Garden of Eden will be the created reality that we have, we have brought into being. And Genesis, in a way, if we, if we go a little bit biblical here, Genesis is everybody's Genesis. So uh, in, in the Bible, Genesis is the book of the creation of the world. But really, when we look at it on an individual level, it's our own creation. We've actually we are so magical in our, in, our, um, in our inheritance of what we have as human beings 
we've inherited this beautiful ability to perceive anything and to be able to design anything with our minds and then be able to perceive that, project that, project that perception and have that become a reality. Now, that is so magically powerful to be able to do that. The only thing that's been missing is we, we've forgotten that we have perceptions of the world, they're not reality. We've forgotten that we're designing and, and creating these perceptions and realities because when we get back into that mode of thinking, that's a very, very powerful mode of thinking, as you well know, because this is the work you do with your clients, isn't it? It, it, it is indeed. And I love the fact that you bring the elements of magic into it because a lot of Mind Your Heroes brand is built out of that element of magic. And, mm. you know, we all have that power within us to be these magical beings. Like you say, we have that power within us to connect deeper with ourselves, to find the answers that we seek. And I think a lot of people always look to external things for the answers, but what would you be able to maybe give advice on in terms of finding that magical place within? Oh, um, just, just, I just went, just went somewhere else there when you were talking. Cause no, it's really nice in your, it's nice. When you speak, there's a space, you open up a space and it's quite nice in that space. It's nice because then other people can think in that space as well. It's, that's quite a quality because some people, when they're speaking, you just hear their voice and it's just like a steamroller and that's it. But when you talk, there's a, a, a space that opens up, which is quite nice. Um, so I don't know whether I wanted to answer your question directly or not. <laughs> um well it didn't answer the question directly but um we're just talking about that element of magic within and what would be the first step for a person that's maybe listening to this realizing that they've constructed their reality which is maybe something that they don't want or would like to change how can mm. a person connect deeper to find that magical place interesting question Interesting question. There's a few presuppositions in the question. I mean, I like the question because it presupposes there's a world out there that is disconnected from your world internally in a way. Mm -hmm. I mean, in terms of all realities, like anywhere, because we're talking about perceptions here and we're perceiving, we're even perceiving because Descartes just said, I think therefore I am. Right. Correct. Which means that's all he can prove. He can't even prove there's an external world that he could actually decide logically what this external world is. It is quite possible. Now we're going to go on the skinny branches here of, of perceptions. We're going to go on the skinny branches of, of thinking, but then we'll come back to shopping and insurance policies and stuff later. <laughs> <laughs> but it is also possible that you are a holographic device that's projecting an external world out there and you're actually getting feedback from the external world for your own self-development and your own progression as, a, as an individual human being. So in that, in that way, the outside world doesn't really exist in the same way you think it is, like a separation of who you are and they are. So therefore there is nobody out there who needs any advice about perceptions. It's only you and I that needs a reflection from the outside world about how we're developing ourselves. And then using that reflection for both of us to progress as well, if there is another us out there too, which does bring, it does bring into being the notion of the oneness mm. of the, of the universe and the oneness of, of who we are. But I don't want to get too far into that kind of world because we might lose a few people. <laughs> <laughs> well, I do, often speak, I do often speak about the law of oneness, which 
in very a simple way of putting it is that we're all connected and there's we could then go into the theory of quantum entanglement um but we are all one and we are all connected to a greater source or being whatever you would like to name that entity um, so i do often talk about the law of oneness but i think yes let's maybe bring it back to perceptions and how you know maybe we could even just look at you know there's obviously different perceptions that are going on in the world right now with the reality I that, that was, the thought i was having was this kylie as you were speaking so you're great because i can think in your speaking as well which is lovely and i may answer your questions directly but we'll, we'll <laughs> <see>. <laughs> so in terms of the universe the world being like it is right now now if this is there's something quite unique here because we're having a worldwide experience at the moment as opposed to a country experience or a community experience or a village experience we're all having this a similar experience so what's the reflection then if this is a self-reflective universe what is the reflection that we're getting from outside of us that we need to improve within ourselves to make this thing work i mean that will make one question i might check out back to you so this is my perception of it that i believe that we are being shown sickness and through sickness we can learn about the polar opposite that we want to experience which is healing mm. and my own personal perception of this is that we have all manifested the situation because it is a time to heal do the self-reflection go within and find the values and the, the, the core being of ourselves again because we are being shown that you know for 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 months of working in this profession i've had people coming to me saying I, i'm just so burnt out i'm so tired i'm so sick and we're now being gifted this place and this pause in life to do that healing work and even the planet is starting to heal um sure if you are listening to this you've seen the news reports of air pollution decreasing and venice canals being repopulated with um sea life and stuff like that again so my perception is is that we're being shown sickness to learn what the polar opposite is which is healing and in turn we're all being reflected back that we need our own healing in this time right now yeah yeah no beautiful and then bringing it back to us individually um, and you asking that question about what can people do about perceptions and I think I mean the first thing is to acknowledge that this could be a self-reflective world because without that thinking what we are is we're individual like cocooned beings and there's an outside world and we have to work with that outside world to make anything happen which brings into the idea of manipulation it, it, control and all those kind of things, which is more of the animal, the animal representation of the world is that one of where you have to control, manage, you have to compete, you have to win, and all those things, which is driven by the adrenals, which is part of who we are. That's an animal relationship to the world. And it's about a territory as well. You must have your territory and all those kind of things. But the human experience, as far as I as far as I've experienced it, is is not it's using that because we've got that wiring as well, but the but the uh, higher vibrational quality of the human being would be to uh, self-reflect. And we have got that ability to do something and then see how have we reacted to that thing? Because an animal can't do that. An animal will have a response to it. Like it'd be fight or flight, it will get injured and then it will learn, it will hurt itself, it will learn or whatever. It's all about physical bouncing off something. 
we got the ability to sit here and say, oh, Carly, I just did this podcast with you. Wow, how did I, how was that, was I actually being really truthful in it? Was I being fully, authentically self-expressed? Let me consider and reflect on that. That reflection is very, very important and um, in our evolutionary ability to self-reflect is the ability to evolve and have the self-development. That's what we can do. Um, so on an individual level, we've got to start with the pretext, if you like, that we are self-reflective beings who are developing themselves from the reflection. So you get a reflection from, on, on a real simple level, you get a reflection every time you go and see your mum or your dad, you get a real good reflection about how you're doing as an adult, self-expressed human being. It's the perfect reflection, which is why one reason why we go back to our parents every single year. Even if you're living a long way away, you'll go back to them every year. Now, it's not just because we love each other and we're kids and we're actually as self-developing beings. We're seeing how am I doing now in the light of, the, of my ultimate reflection, which is my parents. <laughs> so if you, if, you, if you can't do anything else about, if some of this conversation is kind of a bit kind of removed from how you normally think about the world, just think about on a really simple level, how am I doing with my parents today? Am I really self-expressed with them? Am I really authentic with them? What reflection does that give back to me if I'm not? Does it mean I can't, I don't feel comfortable to express myself? I don't feel I can tell my truth? I don't feel I could be fully self-expressed. And that will be some of the reflection that you'll get. And it will enlighten you about your perceptions about yourself and about them as well. Because that, that way we can really bring perceptions back to the, the here and now of our very existence with the, the people that are in our lives that we love and we want to, we want to get on with. I love that. And I think, this actually brings me to a different kind of a subject, but one that's a buzz term at the moment. On social media, everyone is talking about being authentically yourself, do the self-expression. But right. what does it actually mean to work from a place of self-expression and being authentic? Because I think a lot of people have a misconception of what this is. Carly, it's a really good question. I love your questions. It's so insightful. They excite me, your questions do. Uh, in terms of, I can only talk personally about being authentic. And for me, let's say, let's take it for me in the, in the training room as an NLP trainer, because I can talk about personally as well, but I think it's more, mm. a better example if I talk about work. Um, so let's say, I don't know, 10 years ago, 12 years ago, I wouldn't talk exactly the same way as I talk now, 10 or 12 years ago, especially in the corporate world. So in the corporate world, there will be lots of things hidden about me that I wouldn't tell them about, for instance, uh, working with energy, working with the, like the connected universe, like the, um, like esoteric principles, for instance. And I wouldn't, I'd really steer a long, long, long way away from that kind of conversation. Even talking about the principle of energy, I wouldn't really want to be talking about that we'd stick to logical principles and strategies and techniques. So now I feel like I can really more authentically express myself, what I really think and I really feel in those environments, in the corporate environment. So now I'm more authentically expressed about what I really think and I really feel. 
as opposed to where you get, for instance, our politicians, bless them, <laughs> who, and you can see when they're talking, when they're talking about their work, when they're talking, when they come onto the TV, they're really nothing to do with what they really think and what they really feel. We're, we're crying out and say, please, please tell us what you really think and you really feel about this. Then that would be an authentic expression of who they are. So that's kind of where, where I come from in terms of, I mean, what do you, what do you feel about authentic expression and what it means? So for me, it's also doing a lot of the gardening, as you call it, um, and finding your soul's purpose and coming from a place that is almost not a place where you're worrying about what other people will say, do and judge you on. Because in my world, judgment is only, once again, another person's reflection of themselves and you that's reflecting back to them that they're judging about you. Um, so it's again, all of these mirrors, but for me, it's just coming from a place where you can speak your truth and it feels good to do so. And you don't concern yourself with what other people will say or think or do because you know that you're almost like in your own lane, you're keeping your head down in your lane. Sure. Now, okay, so how far can you go with that? Because as I'm considering that, there will be some places where I don't actually completely say what I think and what I feel for various reasons. So you said that would be authentic expression, but can you always do that in the environments that you're in? No, <laughs> that's interesting. Um, so I do think you have to be cognizant of the platform or the environment that you are choosing to express yourself in. Um, for myself, particularly, I feel like I sometimes experience my human moments, which we all do, and I'm not always in the right frame of mind, if, if you will. And when I do experience those human moments, I do choose who I experience them around um, because I also have my fears, my insecurities and all of that. But I can't express that to just anybody. So I do choose who to experience, express that to, but I will always still express it. Um, yeah. But am I going to go and show up on my Instagram and be like, guys, I'm having a really crap day and burst into tears on Instagram? Probably not. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that, I like that. I mean, that's an, ex, uh, an emotional kind of ex, authentic expression. But there'll be some authentic expressions about what you really feel about life and people and things that you might not want to say as well in certain environments, in the media environment, for instance. Especially with the self-reflective, if we're living in a self-reflective universe and the, the world of perceptions, then the perception of victim and bully doesn't really exist either. There'll, there'll, be, there'll be perceptions. But in the media... There is bullies and there are victims. And if you talk about a victim in some lights as if, okay, what is that reflection on yourself? They'll take that as, hey, you're telling that person that they did it themselves and they're guilty and they're responsible for all this mess. And they would probably try and crucify you over that kind of idea. Um, but what I, did, uh, what I did really did like what you said a little while ago was about authenticity would also be about your purpose in life. Do you want to talk a little bit more about that? How is that? Yeah. How does that relate to authenticity? So I think, I mean, I've recently made a pivot in career and I always thought that I was living in my purpose, you know, doing work that I loved and fulfilled me, which was true for that purpose in that time. Looking back, I can join all the dots together. And 
a lot of people say to me, oh, wow, you did interior architecture and now you're doing coaching. It's completely different. And I say to them, well, actually, in my world, it's not. I was designing people's external environments to give them a certain user experience, which then in turn designed their internal worlds in some way or form. Now I'm mm. looking at it from the from a different perspective and I'm helping people design their internal world so that they can experience a different external reality. And once I've connected all the dots and looked back on all the things throughout my life, I know that I've always been steered to this path in some way or form. And I feel like now I'm definitely living out my purpose. Whether this is going to be my continued journey for the next however many years, if I have that many years, I don't know. But right now, for this time, I feel like, yes, I'm living out my soul's purpose, which is to guide and shine a light on other people to help them do the same. And I believe that every experience that I've ever had in life, the challenging ones, as well as the like celebrations that I've had to have and endure, have all led me to this place. So, yeah, I mean, that's my that's my experience of my purpose but i'm sure you have a different one are you sure are you sure i have a different one i don't know it's a question to be asked <laughs> to be asked uh, no i love what you said there it was expanding my my excitement rather than me having me thinking something different i was going yeah 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 it's all very cool but uh, the expanded thinking i was having actually was that i love the metaphor you use and it's a nice reframe as well used about what you're doing in the past and then what you're doing now and how it's the same it's a nice reframe that and i also would would say to people who are listening if you are interested in the idea of terminology there finding your purpose in life it does it doesn't have to be so kind of far-reached as looking for it like looking for the lost ark or something or the holy grail or whatever whatever you're doing if you look back through your history see what have you been doing all of your life that has a theme to it there will be, if you look hard enough, there will be a theme to everything you've always been doing. And then when you look at that on the, cause on a physical level, you know, Kylie was interior designing and in a metaphorical way of looking at that. She's, she's, you know, she's creating different mindsets that are going to interact with the environments. They're going to change things. And now she just did a slight sidestep to actually creating an environment where mentally people and emotionally and, with the, the core of who they are going to change things and change their right. So she's moving furniture around in many different ways, <laughs> moving, moving the art, you know, the architecture of the, the person's life now. And if you, in the same way, if you look at that as um, an electrician and what electricians doing, they're able to be able to see circuits and then be able to know which safely, but now very important circuits and dangerous circuits. And they're able to then take different elements of those circuits, change them around or develop them and create them. Now, if you look at that, an electrician in that way, you can say, okay, metaphorically, what would that person be very interested in? That person would be very interested in the wiring. If you take that to the human level, they'd probably be very good at also looking at the wiring of a human being and how we wired up the neurology of the wiring. Because this is quite a sensitive area as well. We don't, we do have control panels with locks on them and seals on them for good reasons. We can't just walk around and change every single second. That would be too upsetting. <laughs> that would be too, too much change in a way. So we do have these locks and keys on our own system. But if you know how to press the right coding on it, like windows on the computer or keys on the computer, then the system, as long as there's enough integrity with what you're doing with somebody, then you can also open up. So the electrician would be very good at doing, I mean, 
for instance, in terms of my journey, one of the last things I did before doing this was being a London black taxi driver, black cab driver in London, which when you look at that on a metaphorical level, it's taking people from where they are to where they'd rather be. I love that. You're right. So I'm doing the same thing, but we, I would just exchange a very physical journey to very, very much a mental journey. Now, but I still love doing the cab driving. Still love. It doesn't necessarily have to be a problem where they were, but it's just somewhere, somewhere where they are, and they'd rather be over there. And how are we going to get there? And the quickest way, because that's NRP as well. What's the the, the black cab driver has got that knowledge? They learn uh, eleven thousand roads and seven thousand one places, they, and they know the quickest way to get to each one. And that's kind of what I transposed with NLP as well, because NLP can be very, very transformationally quick and thorough and quick, as you as you have you experienced with your success with your clients, Carly, haven't you? Definitely. And it actually just jolted a memory in my mind of whenever I've done parts integrations with my clients, they get to their bottom of their purpose quite easily. And like you said, it's not always going back to the Holy Grail. It's sometimes just living a life of happiness or living a life of feeling joyful and fulfilled. And it's not always, and I think that's what people misunderstand as well. And that's just my presupposing of this, but sometimes people think that it has to be a lot more complex than what it actually is. And it's actually really simple. Yeah. Yeah. You can find your life just by seeing what are you, what are you doing today? What, and what are you drawn to do today? And what's that a metaphor of? And that will give you a very good, clear indication of what you're very, very interested in and what pulls you towards life. Um, and I think in terms of just linking this back into perceptions, mm. um, the other thing about perceptions are it doesn't really matter what our perceptions are. It just matters whether they're empowering to us or not. Because there is no one perception we can have of the world that's absolutely true, or even about yourself, your identity. We talked about that looking in the mirror that's not who you are who you see in the mirror but what's the most empowering perception that you can have about yourself that will enable you rather than disabling you and i think in terms of what we're seeing around the world we talked about the the world at the moment and the global kind of relationship we're having at the moment and you you said something about sickness and wellness oh hello <laughs> wesley i need to just turn this off sorry there we are. Wesley wanted to get in, Carly. He's one of <laughs> Wesley's a clinical psychologist and he works with you. Probably hear him, you're gonna hear him probably in the future as well. In one of these podcasts or the other group that we're developing together. So he wanted to get on and in on the act, obviously. <laughs> so you came up with a worldwide perception of the world being sick, therefore, ipso facto, healing is on the other side of the stick is healing. Mm-hmm. Um, so the other perception you could have about the world and what the worldly happenings. Uh, at the moment is the ability to manage your own perceptions Mm. because there's a lot of disempowering perceptions which are around i mean anyway anyway there are regardless of what's happening now there's always been disempowering perception which are thrown through to us through media through the newspapers and through i know little meetings that people have and they throw in these little perceptions now remembering that the media i just wanted to bring this into the frame the media, in terms of the looking at the world through an, an NLP looking glass, we're, we're talking about the control panel, and we're talking about the neurology, because NLP is neuro-linguistic programming. 
and we're talking about the, the subconscious mind. Now, the subconscious mind's language is symbolic. Mm-hmm. So it's pictures, sounds, and feelings. That's the language of the, the deepest part of who, who you are as a communicating human being. Now, interestingly enough, when you look at a TV, what is it? It's pictures, sounds, and experiences coming through in that medium. So therefore, it goes straight into our the very deepest part of who we are. So as we're assimilating these all this media, these all these pixels and audio and everything, they are actually interacting with the deepest part of us. And you've got to be wary of how that how that makes you either empowered or disempowered. So I think on a worldly level, if I may put a worldly level out there, which is quite arrogant in some way or other, <laughs> quite pretentious, <laughs> on a worldly level, we're being asked to really qualify your perceptions at the moment. Because if you're not empowered by what you're seeing, feeling and hearing, you need to make your own perception that is empowering, that, that does make you feel like you're in charge of your own system, which you are, and your own abilities, which you are. So another view of the worldwide thing that's happening at the moment is to 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 really push us into you need to be in charge of your own mind and body to be able to be strong and healthy i agree i think your mental physical and spiritual ability in this time of how you perceive it will either elevate you or make you feel not so great so i definitely think that you do need to be very mindful of what you're interacting with, what kind of social media you're interacting with media, because like you say, it needs to be empowering as opposed to disempowering. Yeah, because what will happen is you'll either turn into a sheep or you'll turn into the shepherd of yourself. Because if you just believe everything that everybody tells you and you have no ability to think for yourself about all of these things and come to your own conclusions, and I mean really your own conclusion, not just adopting somebody else's, your own conclusion then you will turn into a sheep unfortunately and there will be a whole race of people that's kind of start to develop from this that will be very sheep-like in their mentality but i'm imagining that if you're listening to this you're not one of the people who just wants to be a sheep otherwise you wouldn't even be logging into this video or podcast i agree my audience is definitely made up of amazing minds and they are the truth seekers if you will so uh-huh. Just keep asking the questions, ask better questions of yourself, and that's when you'll get the better answers. Yeah, and the other thing is like, you know, just what else this is is in terms of results, because you can always see what's the question being asked from the outside to the result that's actually happening now. And what's actually happening now is we're forming more groups, aren't we, Carly? Correct. And there's more light that's happening in the world. Yeah, and we're having these conversations, which may, may not have happened otherwise. Exactly. So just to wrap it up, um, because this has been such a thought-expanding episode, I really have just loved having you on and definitely will have to have you on again for a different topic and a different time. But thank you so much. It has been an honor to have you on here. And I think our listeners will have really expanded their mindsets and maybe have gotten a few different perspectives out of this, which is, I think, the end goal for the transformation. Um, But just to end off, where can people get in touch with you if they do want to maybe go on training with you or how can they look you up and find out more information about you? Oh, I didn't expect that. Thank you. Um, The website is very simple. It's nlpworld.com 
nlpworld.co.uk or if you're in South Africa, it's nlpworldsa.co.za. Um, email address is my name, Terry. You can just put actually info at nlpworld.co.uk. Awesome. And I will link that up in the show notes so that if people do want to get in contact with you for training or whatever it is, I myself would only obviously highly recommend NLP World as that's where I've done my training through. And as you can see, the leader is very thought expansive and will always ask you the deeper questions so that you yourself can find the deeper answers. So Terry, once again, thank you so much. Really appreciate your time and we'll chat to you again soon. Thank you, Carly. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Mind Your Hero podcast. We hope it's lit a fire within you to go after and achieve your dreams. If you loved this episode, we'd be honored if you would leave a review and share it with your friends on social media. As a thank you for sharing in our dream to inspire millions across the globe, we'll gift you a guided meditation that will allow you to step into the power of your inner hero faster than you could ever imagine. For daily inspiration, be sure you're following us on all social media platforms at Mind Your Hero. We've absolutely adored our time together on this episode and look forward to you tuning in again. Until next time, we wish you a magic-filled week.